Don't Mock Me on Tap is brought to you by Black Husky Brewing, the one and only sponsor of the Unknown Packers podcast, which is located at 909 East Locust Street in the River West neighborhood of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm your host, Bryce Christensen, and today we will welcome guest Tony Schaefer. Not really guest, he is our lead writer of the Unknown Packers. You can check out all of our outlets, our our product, at theunknownpackers.com. And through there, you can follow us through Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram. The Don't Mock Me series will be, um, this is the first part series. It just picks 1 through 15. You'll notice maybe a couple times through the episode, it'll say picks 1 through 32. But after recording Tuesday night and editing, we realized the episode was rather long. So this is just picks 1 through 15. And then we will continue on having multiple different mock drafts with a variety of different new guests to the Unknown Packers podcast. Let's not waste any time. It's Don't Mock Me, the first edition on tap. Welcome back to the Unknown Packers podcast, and we have lead writer of the Unknown Packers, Tony Schaefer, with us right now. And he just finished his first round mock draft. I have just gotten back into the States, and that will be available for everyone at theunknownpackers.com. You, you can also find us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, Facebook, the Unknown Packers podcast. And, of course, our lead writer, Tony Schaefer, at ATSchaefer8. I'm doing very well, sir. Welcome back to the States. Uh, I'm assuming that your trip went very well. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting after this tonight. Uh, For our listeners, yeah, I was in Paris for a week and um, took a little bit of a vacation with my wife. But I also did a ton of mock drafting in the middle of the night because of the time change and all that stuff. So I am ready to go. This episode... We'll be focusing on, just like I mentioned in the intro, first-round mock draft. Tony Schaefer will have an article out, theunknownpackers.com, and on Facebook and on Twitter tomorrow morning. Uh, he released that, this, or he sent that this past Tuesday, or on Monday, and uh, we'll get that out to you as soon as possible. But we are going to highlight the first round. Tony's going to have his picks, and I'm going to have my picks. We'll go back and forth, but on the clock, Arizona Cardinals, Tony Schaefer, you are the GM. Who are the Cardinals taking with the first pick? Excellent. Excellent question, Bryce. Um, Everybody and their pet guinea pig is saying Kyler Murray. Uh, I don't like that. I, I, and it's not that I don't like that pick, but I like to be unconventional at times. Uh, I have the Arizona Cardinals drafting Quinnen Williams, interior defensive lineman from Alabama. Uh, Quinn Williams, in my opinion, is arguably the best athlete in this draft. Um, the Cardinals did not stop anybody when it came to uh, running the football last season. And I think he is sort of a once in a generation player. I know that's uh, maybe a bold statement, but I think he is the best player in this draft. And if the Cardinals are going to draft the best player available, I think it's Quinn Williams. We will be transparent on this podcast episode. When I saw the first pick overall being Quinn and Williams, I thought, Tony, you bold, bold man, bold <laughs> man. Um, but I will not disagree. 
facts are facts and the tape don't lie. He is clearly um, a blue chip type of player that you can build your team around, not just the defense, your team around. You look at the impact that Eric Aaron Donald has had with the Rams, and I know that that's a loose term where you have an interior D-line. Who are you going to compare him to? Aaron, Aaron Donald. But uh, Quinnen Williams played for an NFL pro system at, at Alabama. Uh, they churn out prospects year in and year out under Saban. Uh, he's my number three ranked player. Doesn't mean that he'll go number three. But with the with the number one pick, Arizona Cardinals, I'm taking Kyler Murray. Um, unless it's the biggest smoke screen that was said on Stick to Football podcast in the history of the NFL, all points, everything points in the direction of Kyler Murray being the selection for the Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury is their new head coach. And if you are going that direction, which I'm surprised with, uh, you want him to have his quarterback. I was also, I also heard that the Cardinals may have lobbied to Kyler Murray to say that if you change your mind or if you consider the NFL, we'll more than likely take you with the number one overall pick, which then made him go from the athletics to now being arguably the top prospect. But I've got Kyler Murray. I think Josh Rosen uh, will be traded, and actually he is traded in this draft that we're going to be doing, so keep your ears peeled. But I have Kyler Murray with the one overall pick. Number two, Niners are on the clock. Tony, who do you have the Niners select? Uh, the 49ers I have selecting Nick Bosa, edge, edge rusher out of Ohio State. Um, when I said that Quinnen Williams was arguably the best athlete, uh, the argument could also be for Nick Bosa. Um, he was obviously limited by injuries this past season with Ohio State, only played a handful of games. But uh, as you said, the tape don't lie. I mean, he's he comes from an athletic uh, family. The Bosa's are extremely athletic, have NFL pedigree, and um, the Niners really cannot go wrong by drafting Nick Bosa. Uh, I agree. I, I think the Niners get extremely lucky that if if Cliff Kingsbury wasn't the head coach, I would think that Bosa would be the number one overall pick. Like you said, that pedigree, you look at what the Watts have done in the NFL, you look at what TJ Watt has done with the Steelers, I think that Nick Bosa can have – that type of impact in his first year. Um, John Lynch, this is a gift-wrapped draft pick for him. Um, he can't fuck this up. Um, however, if Bosa does slip, hypothetically speaking, um, say to the four pick, I would love to see the Green Bay Packers trade up somehow to that four pick and get Bosa. So if for some reason Bosa falls to four, I doubt it. But the Niners take Nick Bosa, uh, NFL-ready, um, arguably a generational talent, like you said, in Quinnen Williams, but he is my number one overall prospect, Nick Bosa, but the number one, two overall pick for the Niners. Uh, number three on the clock, you have the New York Jets. Tony, take it away. New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, I have the Jets selecting Josh Allen, edge rusher out of Kentucky. Um, the Jets defense last season was atrocious. Um, you know, they lost uh, They lost Sheldon Richardson. They lost uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, obviously, both of them on the D-line. But, um, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't stop anybody. They gave up a ton of points. Um, Josh Allen, for what it's worth, and in my opinion, is the second best edge rusher in this class. Um, 
He's a freak athlete, but he doesn't have a lot of uh, secondary moves when it comes to pass rushing moves. So if he if he figures that out, he's going to be scary. And I think uh, going to going to the Jets is the, is the right call here. So I have them taking Josh Allen. In this mock draft, I do not have the Jets trading out of the three pick, but leading up to the NFL draft and keep your eyes peeled for our UPP draft guide release Monday, April 22nd, I believe, which is the Monday before the NFL draft. Um, But keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, But I, I do see the Jets eventually trading. I think if they find a partner, kind of recoup some of those picks that they lost last year when they moved up to take Sam Darnold. But in this mock draft, I have uh, the Jets staying put at three and taking Quinnen Williams. I think that uh, he could arguably be the number one overall pick. Just what you had just said right now, being a a top prospect, I think that the Jets can build um, their defense around a generational type player. I know I've used it again with Nick Bosa and Quinnen Williams, but I think this draft is heavy with blue chip defensive players um, after maybe the 15th or 16th pick, you're going to see that dry up. So I think the jets go the easy route. They don't find a trade partner and they take Quinn and Williams number three overall out of Alabama. Number four, you have the first of three first round draft picks for the Oakland Raiders. Tony, you are on the clock. The Oakland Jeff Gruden's um, we're going to go with Kyler Murray quarterback out of Oklahoma here. Um, That is obviously if he doesn't go number one overall or if someone doesn't trade up for at two or trade up at three. I mean, I, you know, the more and more that I think about it, I could, I can realistically see Kyler Murray going first. I could see, and if he doesn't go first, uh, a team like, like possibly Oakland trading up and, and, and getting him at two or, you know, any other team that needs a quarterback, including the, uh, Miami Dolphins, um, the Redskins. Um, but in this mock draft, I have the Oakland Raiders taking Kyler Murray, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Ooh, I, I like it. I think Kyler Murray's a face of the franchise. Um, again, I don't know why the Arizona Cardinals will go with Kyler Murray when you have Josh Rosen and you've got your pick essentially of top-tier defensive talent, but again, they are the Arizona Cardinals. At number four with the Oakland Raiders, um, I I think the slide of Josh Allen is real. I think the Raiders pass up on Josh Allen. They break Tampa Bay Buccaneers' hearts, and they take Devin White, linebacker out of LSU. Um, I think that when you traded Khalil Mack away, big mistake in my opinion. I wish the Packers... Would have made those moves. Hindsight's 2020, and you realize the Packers actually were a lot, maybe farther away than just a Khalil Mack signing. Who knows? Um, things happen for a reason. But I look at Devin White as being um, a Derek Brooks type of player. Um, Junior Seau comes to mind. I think that uh, he's a guy that's a sideline to sideline player. You look at Dallas and what they have with LVE and. Um, uh, uh, Jalen Smith and how they go sideline to sideline in a blink of an eye. I think Devin White could arguably be the number one overall pick. He is, um, he's an exciting talent. I think the Raiders take Devin White, uh, who oozes talent, 
who has that drive, and they will forget about Khalil Mack sooner rather than later. <laughs> I like it. Number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock, Tony. Uh, for all of those reasons that you just said, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being happy to get Devin White linebacker out of LSU at number five. Um, the guy's a freak. Um, he's, he's fast. Like you said, sideline to sideline is incredible. Um, he's very fluid in his movement. Um, you know, he can, he can stuff the run. He can cover. I mean, he can really do it all. And to get him um, with the fifth overall pick would be a blessing for a Tampa Bay defense that is in dire need of an, of a makeover and an overhaul. Um, they didn't stop anybody last year. Their past defense is atrocious. They didn't stop the run. They just, they were porous and they were really hoping to outscore everybody um, in order to win games. So anybody that they can get in on the defense that, that has any talent whatsoever is going to help out this team a lot. And Devin white will definitely do that for them. Tampa Bay, I, I mean, you've got Bruce Arians coming in, and I think this will be the surprise, especially when Devin White is off the board. Um, you could see Tampa Bay maybe trading down. I do believe that Devin White is their guy, and they seem to be the type of organization that has maybe like it's the it's that fantasy football owner that comes that rips a cheat sheet out of a magazine and then just circles like four or five guys. And just goes with it. Sort of what I just did in my fantasy baseball draft with you where I wanted Mookie Betts and Soto and I, I didn't care how much money I was going to go for. But I look at the Buccaneers as being a type, an, an organization that I think they, they set their sights on someone and then they lose sight if that, if that player gets taken. With Devin White going four, I do still think the Josh Allen slide is real. Um, he could go one. He could fall. I have him falling this mock draft. I have the Buccaneers passing on him with Jameis Winston being overweight um, and Bruce Arians wanting a quarterback of the future. I think they make the first surprise and they break the New York Giants hearts by taking Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State, QB, and he becomes the face of the franchise and he becomes the arm. Dude threw a lot of touchdowns like you had said it in your article. Um, that was your article, right? That threw a lot of touchdowns or was that Matt Miller? That was my. That was mine. That was mine. Okay. I didn't copy Matt Miller. Uh, but I confuse you two. You're on that same <laughs> um, I, I look at Bruce Arians coming in, and I think that he's going to want uh, his own quarterback. Dwayne Haskins is the guy. Might be a little earlier for some people, but I think uh, they take a quarterback, and they don't find a suitor. And at number six, we have the New York football giants. Tony? The New York Giants. Oh, what a team. Um, I, I, I'm not 100% sure if they know what they're doing at all. Um, you know, with, with holding on to Eli and trading Odell, and I just, I'm not sure what they, if they know what they're doing, but um, that's neither here nor there because my mock draft has them uh, passing on Mr. Haskins that you just spoke of and actually getting better on the defensive side of the ball because it is so deep with defensive talent. Um, I have the New York Giants select selecting Rashawn Gary edge slash D line from Michigan. Um, Gary is a guy that 
you know, probably ranks up there in the top two or three uh, athletes, in my opinion, in this draft, um, can basically play anywhere on that defensive line. Um, you know, he's kind of that hybrid defensive end, edge rusher um, type of guy. A little bit similar to uh, Zadaria Smith that the Packers just signed. Um, but I have the Giants selecting him, uh, passing on Haskins, and just trying to get better on the defensive side of the ball. The Josh Allen slide continues, and I have the New York football Giants taking Rashawn Gary as well. Um, I think he's also could be in play with the Jets, could be in play with the Buccaneers. Um, played at a high volume with Michigan, along with a couple other studs uh, that we'll be talking about later in this first round. But uh, Gary at six with number seven. <laughs> Jackson, what are, what's so funny? <laughs> nothing. No, not nothing. You know, you, well, when you mention Michigan and all their studs, uh, does Taylor Rapp play for Michigan? Ah. Or just, uh, that's a little inside joke. Bryce thinks everybody plays for Michigan, but I digress. That is true. I uh, I've Ben Sheets went to Michigan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, she went to Louisiana Lafayette. But anyway, yeah, for some reason, I get it in my head that everyone went to Michigan, and uh, I. Taylor Rapp, for some reason, for a while, I thought went to Michigan. And Tony is our lead writer and our NFL guru, and he corrected me. And uh, I will admit when I'm wrong. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to select. And the Josh Allen slide stops. I think the Jaguars make the right decision. Um, I think with Josh Allen... um, the production is real. The tape is real. There are times where I feel like he could get swallowed up by offensive linemen, doesn't really know how to break away, doesn't really know how to use his hands, and that that's a big red flag for me. And I think also when you have a guy that goes from not really unsung hero to superstar, you start to wonder, um, are there any other factors behind those reasons? And so I think Allen could go anywhere in the top three, top five. I have him going to seven, which is probably late for a lot of people. Uh, but Jaguars make the easy decision, take Josh Allen. The, the mini slide stops. I like that. Um, I as well have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking an edge rusher, uh, but I have them taking Montez Sweat, edge rusher out of Mississippi State. Um, tested off the charts at the Combine. Um, you know, had the, had the, the mini, I shouldn't say mini, I don't know the severity of it, but the heart issue at the combine, but obviously, um, it wasn't that big of an issue because they still let him participate. So, um, I don't think that's going to be a red flag to any team or hinder uh, his draft stock whatsoever. Um, but he, he definitely has the quickness, the bend, uh, he has good secondary moves, um, I, I, I foresee him being a, a threat right away in the NFL as an edge rusher. So I have Jacksonville taking sweat. Um, with the Detroit Lions, I have who probably at one point, what you alluded to in the article, was the number one overall pick. I have Ed Oliver, D-tackle out of Houston, going eight to the Detroit Lions. I know they've been linked to Montez Sweat a bit. Uh, you have Matt Patricia, former uh, defensive mind under – Belichick and I look at uh, the Lions who are actually under the radar good defensively I think they take Ed Oliver 
a guy that we'll probably look back on and think, how did he not go in the top five? Um, he could go all the way to 12 with the Green Bay Packers. Um, maybe a little f- foreshadowing, if you will. And I, I look at Ed Oliver as a guy that initially I thought had character concerns because of his outbursts with Major Applewhite. I found out that Major Applewhite is a huge dick. And so uh, apparently um, had some beef that decided to have a little temper tantrum. And Oliver didn't like that. But you look at a guy that might freak a lot of teams out because they don't know where to play him because he might be undersized at some positions. But he's a freak of talent, a freak of nature. I, I, I see a lot of Javon Curse, not necessarily it, when you look at the freak with Javon Curse, but I look at Ed Oliver as being a guy that you can move all over the field on the, or all over the line. You can also put him up in many different packages as an as an edge guy too. But Lions take Ed Oliver eight at nine. The Buffalo Bills. I have the Bills taking DK Metcalf. They are they're going to be that team that gets a huge mini rocket for combine numbers for massive strength for for something that they just watch film they get completely excited and they do need weapons i think metcalf will be a bust um because i don't think he can run a route i think that defenses will be able to pick apart um the lack of route running i i, I think that but on the other side of the coin he could completely surprise people he is incredibly talented he's massive but i do want i i do have some concerns about how that'll translate to the nfl if defenses will be able to pick apart some of his weaknesses in his game bills take the combine splasher dk metcalf and they continue that trend of taking those uh nfl combine heroes in the top 10 wide receiver wise a la john ross yeah, um, I could definitely see that happening. Um, in terms of going back to the eight pick for the Detroit Lions, I have them taking Brian Burns, uh, edge rusher out of Boston College. Um, that's quite all right. Um, you know, the Lions did just sign Trey Flowers uh, this offseason uh, to help out on the edge. But, um, you know, you, you, when you have when you have quarterbacks like Cousins and Rodgers and Trubisky, who is actually extremely mobile for his size, um, getting after the quarterback is pretty important still in this NFC North. So um, I have the Lions taking Brian Burns, and it pains me to do that because I've fallen in love with Burns falling to the Packers at 12. But um, right in my mock, I have the Lions taking Burns, and I have the Buffalo Bills at pick number nine taking – Offensive tackle Jawan Taylor from Florida. Um, they need some help on the offensive line. That's for darn sure. Um, you know, uh, Josh Allen, being Josh Allen, he's a, he's he's an up and coming quarterback in my mind. He's a little uh, wild at times and inaccurate, but keeping him upright and in the pocket is is relatively important. I know he's a little bit mobile, but um, uh, I think uh, Jawan Taylor will be an instant plug and play for the Buffalo Bills. I like it. I like it a lot. Denver, my bad <laughs> for skipping your Lions pick. At at ten, the Denver Broncos. Um, I, you had uh, had a really nice pun, and I think it is a lock where Drew Lock goes to the Denver Broncos. I think John Elway 
um, is probably having just Flacco there to keep his name off the hot seat so they can contend a little bit. And then they give the keys either midseason, like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. Um, but it does seem that Drew Locke is, 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 seems to be the guy for the Denver Broncos at 10. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I think that I have the Broncos taking Locke as well. Um, I think he, I think he's, I personally think he's the second best quarterback in this, in this draft. Kyler Murray one, Locke two, uh, Haskins three. Um, a lot of people love Haskins arm strength. Um, but the thing with Haskins is that, uh, with the offense that Ohio state runs, they don't really run a lot of NFL routes. They, they have such speedy, quick wide receivers that all they do is ask them to drag underneath and run just quick slants and just underneath routes. So all Haskins has to do is throw the ball five yards and let, you know, Paris Campbell or insert fast Ohio state wide receiver here, just catch it and run. So, um, I like, I like Locke as the second best quarterback in this draft. And I think, uh, Elway makes up for his uh, his Paxton Lynch uh, mistake and uh, and and takes Drew Locke. Awesome, Cincinnati Bengals. I have Montez Sweat going there. Um, I think, like you had mentioned with Montez Sweat and his heart condition, I think that he could be a a guy that slides, sort of like Leighton Vanderesh, uh, where he slid a little bit because of. I believe a spinal cord or a neck. I know it was a neck issue um, that freaked a lot of a lot of teams out that removed him from from his big board. So I, I do believe that medical concerns uh, freak a lot of organizations out, which is why I think that Montez Sweat slides a little bit. But the Bengals get a a, a player that has lit up the Senior Bowl, lit up the combine, and lit up his pro day. The big concern with him is. Um, does he want to play football or is he just trying to get paid? Um, maybe it's, maybe it's both, but he was dismissed from Michigan state his freshman year for discipline, disciplinary reasons. And, uh, from Matt Miller on stick to football, he mentioned that, uh, one of his connections had said that at, uh, Mississippi state said that, um, the drive is, is in question. So I do think that he slides a little bit, but I do think like you said, and like I said, Tape don't lie, performance don't lie, and it does seem like he wants to play based on what we've seen so far. So I've got the Bengals taking Montez Sweat at 11. Um, for my mock draft, I have the Cincinnati Bengals selecting Devin Bush Jr., linebacker out of Michigan. Yes, he did go to Michigan. Um, Devin Bush is an excellent, excellent linebacker. Um, you know, I... In just seeing his size before I saw any of his tape, I was not in love with this guy at all. Um, I thought he was undersized. I didn't think he was be, you know, I didn't think he was a sure tackler. Um, and then I saw the tape, and then I saw t- the combine, and I mean, this guy is the real deal. Um, yes, he may be a little bit undersized in comparison to some of the other quote-unquote middle linebackers um, that are currently in the NFL or, you know, he's a little bit smaller than Devin, uh, or excuse me, um, Devin White. Um, But this guy is the real deal. He flies all over the place. He is a sure tackler, and um, I think he steps right in uh, and and starts from day one with the Cincinnati Bengals. I 
I love that pick. I, I, I love Devin Bush. Um, as much as I hate Michigan, and as much as for some reason Michigan is intertwined into uh, my my cerebellum and its twitchiness, and I continue to utter the Michigan Wolverines, uh, uh, Devin Bush is a guy that I, I can't wait to see what he does in the NFL. Um, as, as much as I want um, the Packers to take Devin Bush, and as much as I've taken Devin Bush in a lot of mock drafts through the draft network, um, in this mock draft and how, how the how the cards have fallen with the Green Bay Packers, I take Brian Burns' edge out of Florida State. Uh, his bend, his explosiveness, I think they, and we'll, a little foreshadowing for the 30 pick, I think they'll write a couple wrongs from last year. Not saying that Jair Alexander and getting another first is a wrong by any means. It's a home run. But with uh, passing on Derwin James, passing on Edmonds, passing on um, on Harold Landry, too, and maybe not trading up for him in the second round, I think this this writes the, the wrong of not taking Harold Landry. I look at Brian Burns as, as, as being a guy that Mike Pettin is going to be thrilled to have him. Um, I thought about going offensive tackle. I even thought about going tight end. But with losing Clay Matthews, losing Nick Perry, Reggie Gilbert is just depth. Um, Kyler Fackrell had two big games, um, even though that if you look at the tape, he's he's good. He's serviceable. But with Zadarius Smith and you have Preston Smith as well, um, I think that there's a few blue chip prospects at edge and you have to hit on those, especially when you're at 12 right now. And so with the way the mock draft falls for me, I've got Brian Burns going to the Green Bay Packers. And me personally, I'm thrilled. Uh, he put on the weight that was expected, and uh, he's done nothing but wow anyone that's watched him. Yeah, if that uh, if that is how that plays out and we draft Brian Burns, I would be elated. Um, that would be fantastic. Um, in this my mock draft, I would also be elated because I have Ed Oliver falling all the way to 12 to the Green Bay Packers. Um, as you said, uh, top five talent in my mind um, was arguably the number one overall pick, you know, when they were doing the, you know, far too early 2019 NFL mock drafts right after the draft last year. Um, but, you know, he 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 got double and triple teamed all the time this season um, and still found a way to be productive. Um, the guy's a freak athlete and. With uh, with Daniels being a free agent um, after is it 2020? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it would be really nice to have a guy that could step in right where Daniels is and do as much damage, if not more, um, in that spot. So um, I I have Ed Oliver getting taken by our beloved Green Bay Packers. Like I said, I thought I had um, major issues with character concerns. Um, I will say it was interesting to see him. I mean, before the whole uppers with Major Applewhite, he was injured, not playing. But then you see him practicing, kind of jumping up and joking around. And it, it does make me wonder a little bit. Also, I mean, he put Houston on the map. And so, I, I, I mean... That opened up that program for a lot of talent to go there, especially in the state of Texas, where you, I mean, it, it's dog eat dog. And uh, 
I love Ed Oliver. I just think that I don't think he falls to 12 based on what he did in his recent pro day. Um, but who knows? I mean, no one said Derwin, no one said that Derwin James was going to slide or Edmonds or, or Landry or Josh Jackson. So uh, it, it, it happens. But um, moving along to the 13th pick with the Miami Dolphins, Tony, you are on the clock. This uh, is where in my mock draft I have my one and only trade. Um, I have the Washington Redskins moving up two spots from 15 to 13, and I have the Redskins selecting Dwayne Haskins, quarterback out of Ohio State. Um, The Redskins are in need of a quarterback for the future. Um, If I'm not mistaken, they have Case Keenum in the fold this season. I believe, and yeah, uh, you know, cases cases uh, a holdover, um, you know, or a, a, a spot guy that uh, just kind of stopgap guy um, was the term that I was looking for there. Um, yeah, he's you know he's not the he's not the future, he's not the answer, that's for sure. Um, it's terrible what happened to Alex Smith, um, I, but obviously he's not a quarterback of the future either. So I have them trading up and getting the guy that they want in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, the first trade, I, I don't have uh, this trade yet, a little foreshadowing, but at 13, um, a guy that should be taken in the top 10, uh, the number one tackle in my mind, I think tackles are going to go undervalued, especially in this mock draft, but I have Jawan Taylor going to the Miami Dolphins at 13. Um, you had mentioned that they should be looking at that number one overall pick next year so they can have the pick of the litter, of uh, potentially one of the best quarterback draft classes in recent memory. We've had quite a few in recent memory too, but at 13, Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle for Florida. Um, if you want a description, you will have to check out Tony's article because uh, he pretty much hit all the notes for me with Jawan Taylor. But at 14, Tony, you are on the clock with the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, um, atrocious on defense again uh, this past season. Uh, they decide in my mock draft here to select Greedy Williams, cornerback out of LSU. Um, I think it's a toss-up uh, between Greedy and um, uh, Byron. Who am I thinking of? The corner from um, Byron oh. Murphy. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. The corner out of Washington. Um, I think it's a toss-up between those two in terms of the best cornerback in this draft. Um, Greedy might just be kind of a namesake. He's got a really cool name. Um, so maybe that's why the Falcons take him. I don't know. Julio is kind of a cool name too. So, um, but yeah, I haven't selecting Greedy Williams, you know, Greedy, he may not like to tackle, but if all you're asking him to do is stick on wide receivers and bat balls down and just cause chaos on the outside, that is exactly what he does. So I have the Falcons taking Williams. Um, I think this is where we have our first run, and it'll be offensive tackles, in my opinion. You have Matt Ryan, who you paid a ton of money, who I believe is the number one, who was the number one highest paid uh, player in the NFL, and then it went to Aaron Rodgers. And then who dethroned Rodgers just recently? Oh, I'm forgetting that. I am too. We'll look at that at the break. But at 14, I have Jonah Williams, offensive tackle at Alabama. I think that uh, it's not a sexy pick, but it's a pick that needs to be made. You could argue defense, but right now I have the Atlanta Falcons taking Jonah Williams, who plug-and-play guy, uh, potentially future five, six-time All-Pro guy. 
Um, again, could be the anchor for the line. They also could go run heavy, even though they lost Tevin Coleman. But I believe that you have to protect your number one asset, Matt Ryan. So Jonah Williams, number 14, with the 15th, with the 15th pick. Or did you just take – did you do Atlanta? Yeah, Greedy Williams. Yes. With the 15th pick right before we take our break, the Washington Redskins, but you actually have the Miami Dolphins. Who I do. do. Have the Dolphins. Um, I have the Dolphins uh, moving back two spots, probably getting, you know, something like a second rounder next year or something like that in, you know, in moving down two spots. They need to accumulate as many draft picks as possible. That team is in shambles. So, um, you know, the more picks, the merrier for that team, for sure. Um, they're not in win now mode at all. In fact, they probably should be in the opposite of that. Um, I have the Miami Dolphins selecting in my opinion, the next best uh, offensive tackle in this draft, Andre Dillard, offensive tackle out of Washington State. Um, Dillard was not really on the radar of most teams until it came to the Combine. Um, he showed out big time at the Combine, turned a lot of heads. Um, looks like he has phenomenal uh, footwork for his size. Um, and he also is kind of one of those true tackles in this draft. Um when you talk about Jonah Williams, they've talked about, you know, possibly having him play guard. Um, when you talk about Cody Ford, they're like, well, he could be a tackle. He could be a card, you know, a hybrid type of guy. Andre Dillard, along with um, uh, Juwan Taylor from Florida, in my opinion, are the standalone tackles in this draft. And so I have the Miami Dolphins protecting their future quarterback of the future asset next season, number one overall pick. Uh, to be named later, I have the Dolphins selecting Andre Dillard. I, at one point, thought the Redskins would trade up to the Packers at 12, depending on how the cards fall, especially if they want to get their quarterback of the future with Alex Smith experiencing a gruesome career ending. We don't really know what's going to happen with him. He's definitely out for next year. But I have the Washington Redskins taking Noah Fant tight end out of Iowa. I think that, like you said, the Redskins are in shambles. Um, maybe another guy from Iowa should be taken, but I look at Noah Fant as being a guy that Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, Jimmy Graham type of uh, impact for a team, and that's the Washington Redskins at 15. This is the Unknown Packers Podcast. I'm Bryce Christensen. I'm Tony Schaefer. Hey, you want to hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked.